0: beautiful beings you're now tuning into the grounded podcast where we share your well-being art and lifestyle stories to connect and inspire this is your host Bianca Yuzan Henares and right now we are coming at you from Yellow Room Studios Pasig in Metro Manila All right, so today on the pod, we've got Chrissy Lam, businesswoman from a strong line of women, philanthropic founder of a paid-forward business called The Love Is Project that supports artisanal communities of women around the world through the creation of beautiful bracelets, each done with traditional beading and etched with Mm -hmm. the word love. What once started as a personal photo project turned social media campaign on love has transformed with Chrissy's leadership into a mega company that has generated over $1.6 million in revenue, creating jobs while fostering local artisanal craftsmanship and basically bringing posse vibes to all. The Love is Project has been featured on Oprah Magazine and is even said to be Oprah's favorite Valentine's gift, Refinery29, L, and Good Morning America to name a few. Chrissy is in the Philippines at the moment to immerse herself in Filipino culture and tradition, spreading the love while at it. We're very fortunate to have her share her incredible story today on The Grounded Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, Chrissy (laughs) Lam. Thanks for having me, Bianca. Hi Chrissy, mabuhay, and welcome back to the Philippines. How are you doing? How are you feeling today? I understand this is your second trip back here and that you've been on the go ever since you landed.
1: Yes, it's been a full packed schedule, but it's amazing. I've had an amazing time so far meeting uh, amazing people and learning about great organizations and um, insp- getting inspired for our next um,
0: collaboration. That is so exciting. I was just about to ask, like, ooh, next collaboration. <laughs> We are so psyched to have you here today, and this is the second ever Grounded Podcast. So thank you for being our special guest. Could you please tell us and our listeners a bit about yourself and The Is Project?
1: Sure, um, yes. My, so my name is Chrissy Lam, I'm mm-hmm. the founder of The Is Project. Um, I started The Is Project um, in 2013. I was uh, consulting in Kenya, working with the Maasai tribe, mm-hmm. created uh, the first bracelet. Um, as a proto. And then we um, pitched it to Lucky Brand in the States and they had bought a small order. So it was a small kind of like idea at first. And there was no story really behind the bracelet at that time. Um, soon after that, um, I was traveling around the world uh, with the bracelet and I took it to uh, 50 countries and and asked people what love meant along the way. And I I had the idea for it on my flight to Russia. Uh, when I met two girls, one from Uzbekistan and one from Kyrgyzstan, and we were talking about their countries, and I was really interested to hear more about them, and um, and I I had I had one of the bracelets. I was like, if you guys tell me what love means, I'll take a photo of you when we land at Moscow, and wow. uh, we'll do this for the uh, rest of the the
0: trip. That is a crazy amazing story. So at your very core, aside from all those facts that you just shared mm-hmm. with us. Who is Chrissy Lam? Um,
1: yeah, so I, um, I love travel. I'm mm-hmm. obsessive actually about travel. I've been to 104 countries. Wow. Um, and then I, I love uh, learning about different cultures. My background is in design. I went to fashion design school in New York. I went to Parsons. Um, I, I worked in the corporate fashion industry for 12 years in New York for um, Abercrombie and & Fitch and American Eagle doing concept design and trend forecasting. Um, so uh, with that role, um, I was able to travel around the world, meet people, uh, take photos, concerts, events, um, shop, be inspired and buy different places to um, pitch uh, direct um, kind of concepts for new seasons and giving direction to design merchandising
0: and marketing. Wow. Before the Love Is project came into fruition... As you mentioned, you were working for American Eagle. Could you please tell us about your journey and transition from working in the, what I can imagine to be the fast-paced corporate fashion industry in New York, am I correct? Yes, to promoting social change, particularly about that certain special three-month sabbatical in Rwanda. Yeah,
1: so in 2008, um, I took a three-month sabbatical and I had a friend who was uh, working in Rwanda for a nonprofit, profit yeah, had his own nonprofit, and I was really inspired by the work he was doing. And I wanted, uh, you know, I requested for a three-month sabbatical, and um, I had uh, my company at the time, American Eagle, uh, donate a lot of goods to mm-hmm. different, um, an orphanage. I was also volunteering with there. They were really supportive. I also um, c- had some of my friends who were graphic designers, rebrand um uh NGOs out there um to help raise money and also through t-shirt sales. Um so I I really like collaborating with people, like creating and I like connecting. So it was kind of my first foray or like, you know, into this space. And um yeah, so while I was out there, I was traveling around a little bit too and I was meeting lots of different people, inspiring projects and um wanting to get more involved, but also trying to figure out like how I was going to do that. Cause you know, my background was in design and it was you know, not in inter- international development. And I was trying to figure out, like, also how to make a sustainable life for myself because I couldn't not work for anything, you know. So mm-hmm. um, so that was kind of the initial, like, I was uh, dabbling in these uh, project collaboration projects. That being said, I got back to the States while the recession had just hit in 2008. And so I went back to... Um, corporate and I was still working and I was doing pr- these projects on the side um, and then I started to learn more about like the whole social enterprise world about you know profits and uh, you know making profits and also purpose so I was researching a lot more artisan and groups around the world I was also uh, going on trips to kind of visit them and see what things were being made um and then i left corporate middle of 2012 uh so just about 7 years ago wow um i know it's so crazy <laughs> it's been so long um and i moved to uh kenya for a while um so i was consulting there that's when i the love bracelet creation happened and along with some other products I created like another uh, a, w- a wine bag for Whole Foods called Save the Wino it was like it had a rhino on it so cute. money went to rhino <laughs> conservation so like I love puns so it's like coming like coming up with like fun ideas for different products and also trying to create more partnerships between brands and artists and groups so the whole idea is like not just uh you know um creating a new product but like getting that that product to market and marketing it um and i think the whole idea was like the fashion industry at the time wasn't really sourcing as much with artists and groups i think it's grown a little bit more since then but still mm-hmm. I, compared to how much things are made it's uh, it's still lots of large factories and i thought there's just a lot of opportunity there and i think with africa too it's um you know there's so much negative media sometimes towards it and i feel like there's so mm-hmm. much entrepreneurship and a lot of creativity and resourcefulness there. And it was I was also leading trips for designers to Africa, to Kenya, to source and it was called Fashion Designers Without Borders. And the whole idea was, you know, for them to meet the artisans and be inspired by the the art and uh, by the resources and, and also um, see the impact of the projects there. And the idea is like to get them more vested to create more partnerships and um so that you know i was doing that a little bit and i i had done that also in indonesia and bali um more recently too i think uh le- my learning experience from there too i think i was trying hard to change the industry you mm-hmm. know like and move these like big dinosaurs or these you know and these I mountains think, yeah, yeah mountains and it was really hard because like there's so many layers so like you could kind of get a partnership maybe almost through but sometimes it would fall apart just because of there's so many layers and someone can mix it so I think that was really frustrating for me because it wasn't necessarily how hard I tried to work but it was just like out of my control these variables you know so sometimes it worked sometimes it didn't but it wasn't going to be sustainable so I felt like for me like I needed to figure out a different angle to how to go about that you know changing the supply chain and that's when when I started the Is Project, this is kind of like the vehicle that kind of like was how I could make my case for it, you know? So this is creating that new supply chain, um, telling that story, uh, working with artisans around the world and growing a brand myself. So I actually had to go in and drive it, which is actually better. It's much more empowering. You know, again, I'm about women's empowerment, so I need to actually empower myself. Yes, to do it. That's where
0: it all starts. And (laughs) how cute, designers without borders. Is it like doctors without borders? Yeah. Well, someone give this lady a medal. Oh my gosh, you've done so much. And I wanted to ask about the supply chain, Mm -hmm. the initiative that connects artisan groups with brands and creates products for collaborations. What do you, especially since I'm sure your worldview on this whole industry has evolved over the past few years, Mm -hmm. what do you is the concept of socially conscious commerce? And is it possible for you know, the big traditional companies and um, up-and-coming startups to kind of start to weave it into the the way they do things? Do you think it's possible?
1: Yeah, I think so. I think there's a lot more consciousness around that now. Like, you know, companies like their CSR uh, programs and, and foundations are, I think, more open to this. I think consumers are more interested in this, too. They're more likely to back a company that has like a social or environmentally um, mission. So I think um, that being said, like I'm, I'm about, you know, I think creating economic opportunities to be able to lift uh, people and communities out of poverty. I think there's also, you know, nowadays an environmental aspect too, you know, like our, our footprint, you know? Mm-hmm. So we've also, you know, our packaging, all that stuff is not, we don't use plastic in that. We're also, we've looked into our whole supply chain recently. We're talking to our vendors not to be shipping us anything packaged in plastic. So oh. we're trying to, I mean, sometimes it's hard, you know, in the very beginning, it's like we buy beads. Okay. The beads are packaged in plastic. There's not, you know, like, so say, but if we can pare down as much as we can, like from, our consumption of plastic. I think that's really important. Um, I'm looking also to try to find more things uh, to upcycle. Uh, Interesting new, you know, yesterday I was here in uh, visiting uh, an artisan group and one of the ladies had this really beautiful necklace, uh, like uh, melted plastic into beads and they were like these trading beads and they were stunning. And I was like, I want to create something with this, you know, so, you know, just finding unique, Um, products you know that or maybe have a twist and stuff and and be able to use those
0: that's nice there's so many avenues out there to be able to do this I guess we just have to think outside the box Mm -hmm. and restructure the system kind of one day at a time in a Mm -hmm. way where like you said it's hard to go against those mountains but maybe you can create your own way so that being said was there any one specific moment in your life that you realized you wanted to incorporate paying it forward into whatever you did next? Like, was there an aha light bulb switch?
1: I think, you know, paying it forward is a really good concept. It's like, you know, you feel better, you know, you know, it's like something like you're giving without having to receive and just like, you know, hey, you know, do something nice for someone. Hopefully they'll do something nice for someone else. And like, hopefully that is a chain reaction. And I think the idea is like, traveling with this one bracelet around the world and all of these people holding like the first bracelet, you know, it was really symbolic, you know? And I think that's what connects everyone like love. And that's a universal concept. Everyone knows what that is and how that is and feels. And it, even though it changed, you know, it, it evolves the meaning to from person to person and from a person over time, you know? So I think, um, uh, that concept I felt like was, really strong and I think by sh- and it's like sharing it and spreading it and and like you can see like the exponential power of that you know what where where love can go and how big it can be you know so
0: I think that's so great because with your bracelets you literally and figuratively show everyone that love connects us all as you mentioned okay so we're pretty sure most of our listeners have a similar desire or dream to start a successful business with a purpose kind of like us ladies at grounded. Do you have any tips for those looking to get started?
1: Um, yeah, I think, you know, just just start trying stuff. Also, you know, like research, do some research and what you're interested in and kind of look at like what your skill set is. And, you know, I think my my thought was originally I was like, oh, if I leave my more corporate job, I might I won't know what I'm supposed to be doing. Like I think it was also parlaying my skill set and my background like in design and marketing and uh my contacts too like and using those things and collaborate you know combining it with this this new things i was doing so it wasn't like throwing away what you used to know you know or um and it's kind of like evolving that and to to the career you you want now so i think that's i think that's important i think also um um when i first started the lovis project it wasn't a business you know it was a photo project i was just doing so i think Sometimes people always get caught up in like, oh, you have to have the business plan, or you have to do this. Okay, yes, mm-hmm. I think having some structure, I think could be great. But I think sometimes it's like, sometimes it's organic. You know, you you want to if you're passionate about something, you just want to start and see what happens with it, and then you can go from there. And you're like, oh wow, this is working, or like test something. It's not working. They're like with the supply chain. Like I was consulting, and then I was doing these trips, but I was just like, okay, maybe it's not really the, maybe it's not working the right way that I wanted it to, or like how you know how to how how should I you know, kind of pivot. You know, to to make it work. You know, so
0: so basically, try different things yeah. and See what feel sticks. the fear, but do it anyway. Yeah, I think <laughs> I think
1: you know, like if you yeah, lean into your fear and kind of like do it. Like I mean, I, I don't think I think you also have to have a mindset. You were like, okay, if it's not working, you're like, okay, I need to change. You know, like you don't keep on. You're like, you got to be flexible. Yeah, in a way. exactly. You need to kind of be objective and kind of be able to step back and be like, okay, like. I've tried this. How is this, you know, how is this now? You know, how does, you know, how is this feeling? You know, if it's not quite right, then maybe like try something else. Like, yeah.
0: And could you please share with us um, what struggles or challenges you faced early on in the game moving forward that kind of made you feel like, oh man, but you pushed forward anyway? Yeah, I mean, I think there's always ups and downs as an entrepreneur. Like when,
1: you know, you leave corporate, you're like, you have like some comfort and like you know safety net safety net (laughs) you're like you have 401k your you know savings all those stock things like that but then once you leave you're kind of like okay like you have to hustle it's like you know every day you have to make it figure out something you know so I think um I think there's always ups and downs you know like there's wins they're like oh great you know we're getting some great press or we're getting in some great stores or we have some partnerships coming up that are amazing but then other things happen you're like oh you know like digital agencies not working out they've lost you know mismanaged the budget or something or like our fulfillment centers like duplicated shipped like 800 orders and you know Ooh. all these <laughs> mistakes you know so it's like the, so i think it's always like keeping in perspective like you know being great, grateful and gratitude and for like okay i'm like so excited that i'm allowed to do what i want my passion and and be able to impact people's lives and and also um, work with amazing people and collaborate so I think every every day you're always learning so I feel like I've learned a lot since since I started this as a brand like two years ago and, and even more so since I left corporate so
0: and I suppose you chalk up those mistakes to lessons and then yeah. hopefully never repeat them again yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly you're,
1: and so I think also taking ownership of like you know, when you're running a business you are doing everything you're like you know yes i have freelancers who help me with different things but like i'm the one accountable and i have to manage all these you know, every all the aspects of the business so it's like if i don't learn it then i'm putting myself in a position to screw myself over you know or because i don't i don't understand how facebook ad works you know mm-hmm. now i do more you know or, or my crm platform or like if i don't if i don't learn it then I'm doing myself as uh, and my company a disservice, and it's not not a good thing.
0: <laughs> constantly <laughs> so. learning, constantly yes. growing. I think,
1: yeah, and there's so much information now, like through the internet and all these amazing sites and platforms that like people can like learn for free and like kind of understand like how certain things work. And 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 I think my one of my lessons, I think, uh, you know, in hindsight, if I I would have gone. I would have spent more time trying to learn these things Mm -hmm. before starting because it's like once you start, you kind of like can't get off the train and like be like, oh, hold on a second, you know? So I I, I wish I had spent more time learning more. But then... That being said, implementation and execution is totally different than just theory, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think sometimes you actually have to be in it to be kind of also like knowing what, what you should be doing. And and with Facebook ads, it's like a moving target. It keeps changing, you know, how they do things. So it's like even if you learn it, they're going to ch- change how mm-hmm. stuff operates in like another month or two. So, uh, yeah, you're always on your toes.
0: Right. You can't just be book smart. You got to no. learn from yeah. experience. Yeah. And we'd like to know where did you find the support for the Is project and we don't mean just financially we mean who did you turn to who do you turn to to bring it um like at the end of the day like when you need help or you know um yeah so
1: i started it um i cashed out some of my savings and some stock and to to kind of get it off the ground and then we launched like in January 2017, so it was right before Valentine's Day, which is a huge holiday. We sold out; we were sold out for two months.
0: Wow! Um,
1: from that experience, and then uh, we also had um, what well, was also Donald Trump had gone elected and inaugurated, so okay. a lot of people were also needing a lot of love in Let's their life. <laughs> so, so <Until> I, now, <laughs> yeah. So we we um, it was a really a strong start, and I think we were um, I think just trying to. Uh, there was so much going on that like I was like very like kind of blown away with what was going on. So I had friends who were helping me um, kind of like freelance and do certain stuff at that time. Um, Soon, like about like six months later, um, my mother, she's retired. She used to be a a finance person, like CFO for banking and stuff. And so I, she came on to help me kind of do financial structuring and organization and just kind of figure out like, because there were so many operational stuff that was like, that were kind of like going, kind of like falling through the cracks sort of. And so I think uh, we needed to kind of tighten everything up. So um, yeah, that being said, she's been a really great help uh, for the past year and a half um, while we're been scaling and um, kind of cleaning up everything. So
0: Wow. Yay. Yeah. Go mom. Yeah. Salute to all the power moms <laughs> out there. Yeah. But I'm also
1: really thankful for so many of my friends and people like around the world who've been so supportive and like helpful. And like even here in the Philippines, like uh, my assistant in San Francisco, Isabella, she's been there with me also for like a year and a half. And like, so, um, so helpful. And and um, her mother and her family are here hosting me in the Philippines and they were telling oh. me that I should come here. And so now I'm here and they're, <gasps> You know, uh, connected me with great people and, and press and and other artists and groups. So, uh, like, just like one of those experiences, it's like, oh, it's like someone you know, you never know who you meet who you know will take you somewhere else. You know, so
0: it's heartwarming to know that so many people have your back and genuinely. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's so great. It's pretty interesting how your love bracelet by the Maasai tribe mm-hmm. is that correct pronunciation sparked a conversation with your seatmates, like you mentioned on that flight to Moscow. Mm-hmm in 2014 leading to the first post and eventually to all the brand success and what it stands for love do you believe in synchronicity and that things sort of just flow when they're meant to be like what's your take on that i think so yeah i think
1: sometimes it's like if you have to feel like you have to force something too much it's not organic It probably is not maybe meant to be So I think, I mean, that's different from working hard. I think people need to work hard, you know, but I think if it's, it's a force, if you're forcing something, it's not probably going to, maybe that's not the right thing. So yeah, like I feel like some of this stuff and all the great, you know, partnerships and and press and other things that we've been able to do in partnerships like has happened because it's flowed. Um, So
0: I think there's something to be said about that. (laughs) Well, we believe in that too. Yeah. And of course you got to meet it halfway with hard work. Yeah. So yeah formula for success do you have any personal philosophies that you live by or any mantras you repeat to yourself on a daily basis um i think
1: um you know this is the labor of love so it's it's definitely like there's times where it's so exhausting where i'm like working 100 hours a week you know for months and then there's times where i'm like i can take a break or i'm traveling and i'm meeting new groups and collaborating on a shoot and like It's so fun and really like i'm i'm in my flow you know and i think those are my moments where i'm like really enjoying everything you know versus like being in the weeds with like my laptop on you know my apartment Mm -hmm. so i think um i think it's like mantra is just kind of like um you know i think yeah love is hard work you know so just keep you know just keep on going and and um yeah like and i think i i always remind myself like that i i really i do love what i do and i'm really excited to be able to do this and be able to grow this still grow grow the brand and and uh yeah so and
0: and hopefully impact a lot of
1: lives around the world
0: which you are Mm -hmm. and okay love is hard work Mm -hmm. noted Mm -hmm. (laughs) and that's beautiful when you were younger were there any signs you might be pursuing or doing what you are now like did teenage Chrissy Lamb already show signs of being an entrepreneur or like did you possess like a leading collaborative spirit in high school or grade school?
1: Yeah, so it's so funny. I mean, I guess if I could tell my 7-year-old self now, I'm like, "Oh, Chrissy, don't worry. You're 41. You'll be you'll be fine. You'll be selling bracelets." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it would've been a totally different thing, but I think um uh, yeah, like I'm I'm really um, I I used to be a girl scout. So I used to sell a lot of cookies. I was a very like hustler when I sold cookies, you know, so I feel like, you know, I selling bracelets, like I sell cookies.
0: (laughs) Were you like a competitive girl scout? Yes. Yeah. (laughs) I'm
1: pretty competitive. I used to play a bunch of sports too. So, Mm. um, and then in high school, I was also taking art classes and design classes in San Francisco, um, volunteering for fashion shows, like helping out. Like, so I was really interested in that space. So I knew I was going to probably go to design school in New York or, or LA at some point. Um, and, um, by those like kind of dabbling into, in those kind of spaces, I, I was like, I knew at some point I probably would have my own business. Um, I think working corporate was a great way to learn perspective and learn how to, you know, like How to focus on really big ideas, also like how how the industry works, and and um, and and also meet meet amazing people I'm still connected with now today, um. So I'm I'm really happy for that, and I think, but at at some point too, like I didn't want to work for the man anymore. I was Mm -hmm. ready. I was ready to kind of like do my own thing i don't think i was going to be happy working for anyone else
0: work for the woman yes you are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. young chrissy lamb go-getter do you mind me asking what sports did you play um yeah i
1: used to run track I uh, play tennis still play tennis um volleyball swim and um yeah like those are kind of like the ones i i, I do yoga a lot now too
0: okay that's a lot well fitness so your story is not only reflected in your collections but also stems from the stories of the love is supporters involvement interaction the posts they share on instagram on their definitions of love we are particularly inspired by how the love is bracelets have become symbols of hope apart from providing jobs for women in third world countries all across the globe could you share with us a story of hope that has touched you based on a customer or someone who has received a is bracelet
1: um yeah we get some so many amazing like emails and messages from supporters and and how meaningful the bracelet is to them and it's really touching and um uh really happy to be able to be a part of it and that people think of us to to come to for you know like uh we, I, we had a customer uh, who bought a whole, um, a whole slew of bracelets. Her father passed away and they were having a memorial and they were all sharing the bracelets and all of these memories and stuff. So it's like, you know, a reminder of, of like their father's love, which is like really amazing to have and have, uh, be associated with that. And, um, or, you know, also like besides, you know, besides memorials or really memorable moments, like being part of someone's like uh, wedding day gifts, you know, for all mm-hmm. the guests noted. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, you know, um, you know, from birthdays or just like other, other meetings, like people have like, Oh, I, tra- I traveled to Kenya or like this bracelet really means a lot. Or like, I got married in Bali, so I got this bracelet, you know? So it was That's like, beautiful having like some, everyone has their own, like, uh, you know, memories and thoughts and the, why, why some, a bracelet would speak to them. So I think, um, uh, we love hearing those stories and we really encourage our supporters to share them on social media so
0: we can also share that too. Wow. So the meaning of the bracelets just grown far beyond probably your yeah. wildest imagination oh, yeah. because it's it so universal it's not just like you know how some products are just geared towards love is romance this is no any love like mm-hmm. brother love sister love mm-hmm. grandma overarching
1: love. like you know family or any uh globe you know like it could be a nationalism even pa- yeah passion for what you do you know like so i think it's like everyone i met too when i was traveling like it was so interesting to hear like what you know what love meant to them so um yeah, so it's definitely more than a bracelet. Like the you know, the bracelet is a vehicle for a bigger discussion plus like the the meaning it carries.
0: We just like to share a quote from Laura Waits Zuckerman, founder of Concert for Our Children. She wrote about discovering and falling in love with your bracelets during a really dark time in her life after the mass shooting in Parkland. Florida so there were 17 injured and 17 killed if I'm not mistaken and we just really want to share this on the show right now because it's so amazing she writes these bracelets represent so many things but I can tell you that for me personally they represent and again I know I am repeating myself hope hope that one day love will triumph over hate hope that love is stronger than hate and hope that one day no one else will ever have to feel the sadness that has struck our town and the country on a whole that's just really wow. That struck a chord with me when I was researching it, and and I'm sure to this day they still wear those bracelets, and I'm sure it's brought so much comfort to them. So we just want to say thank you for what yeah. you do, basically. Oh, thank
1: you. Um, yeah, no, I'm, it was really amazing when she reached out to uh, to me last year about uh, donating bracelets to Marjorie Stoneman Douglas. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, the tragedy there, That's I mean, unfortunately, this is, ha- seems to be happening, not just in the United States, but around the world. And just what just recently just happened in New Zealand. Um, nice. And I think, you know, it's just, you know, like, there's always going to be that out there, but then it's like, there's so much love out there. And I think that's not really being told sometimes by the media and uh, about all of the good stuff. And I think, you know, these bracelets are kind of like uh, like s- symbolic of that. And I think the more people who can consciously re- remind themselves to love and love others and hopefully um, maybe there will be more understanding and acceptance and this these type of things will not be happening as much. So, um, yeah, that's what I could hope.
0: <laughs> and it's nice because of social media, you know, people have their own platforms so we can shed light on the positive things. As well, aside from, you know, how mainstream media likes to focus on the news, violence, and Mm -hmm. negative things. Um, The Love is Bracelet is more than just a bracelet. Each is inspired by a unique culture. Each bracelet supports education, health, communities, and homes. In fact, the Love is Project has donated over $51,000 to organizations and other social impact initiatives like the cholera the Colorado Correctional Industries Prison trained canine companion program. Wow, that's a tongue twister. <laughs> Students of the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School to end vi- gun violence and Bali Children's Foundation and the Green School, just to name a few. So you've contributed to so many causes and we're interested to know how you happen to choose, where your donations go, like have their have these causes always been near and dear to your heart, or did they happen to strike a chord with you during your travels? Like, do you meet these people as sometimes? You
1: go? Yeah, some of these organizations I know from friends and from from places where, where I'm based in Bali or other things, or like uh, maybe it's like disaster relief uh, initiatives if something bad happens, or like uh, also like you know, say it's like a a bracelet, like our pink and white one, which is tied to like breast cancer awareness, you know, so it it depends on the organization. We do, we do give backs, but we also try to do local charity give backs to certain countries. Um, so, um, and then, uh, more recently a a new initiative, we're going to be doing this year where, um, donating um, the bracelets for the Lewa Marathon in Kenya in oh, the end of wow. June. And it's um, it's 20th anniversary. We're really excited to partner with them. Their partners are Tusk and Safaricom. And so it's about conservation, community, and um, preserving uh, wildlife. Um, and that being said they work with the communities like we've been working with the the Samburu up in the North Kenya North Kenya and they're beading love bracelets for us um, and also other parts of Kenya so we're we're having about 800 women contribute like the uh we're we're donating the love bracelets for all the runners and participants so we're really excited to be a part of that this that year That sounds
0: awesome. Um in June? Yeah, end of June. In June. Yeah. Right. So um I noticed that on the website the Lovest project has expanded to include pet collars mm-hmm. like for dogs and gift cards and even custom bags like mm-hmm. for the Bloomingdale's pop-up that you guys are currently running. Do you have any plans of creating with other forms of jewelry in mind moving forward such as necklaces, earrings or would you rather uh, prefer to remain focused on using bracelets as the main storytelling instrument for love is
1: yeah i think right now i want to focus on one thing do it well and like it's i think bracelets is like a thing that normally i can you know not too many size issues things like that and i mean perhaps, perhaps like necklaces down the road i uh but i i really just want to focus on bracelets we do some bags because we find some cute things like like uh, lifestyle accessories to kind of um in each place and like the Bloomingdale's um, custom bag that we did was the love is one and, and, um, and we did customization for uh, kind of pop up events at the store so people could make their own bag and write what love means to them
0: wow, lucky Bloomingdale's customers. Do you still have some or no, it's really on the spot? Yeah, no, we're
1: actually, it did so well that we're actually producing them now. So we're, besides that was like a test and now people really were interested in getting them. So we're producing them so other people can have them and in their stores and they can do their own uh, pop-ups or like customizations or, or the customer can buy them and, and do it for an event or um, yeah.
0: Great, hopefully that comes here soon. Yes, yeah. <laughs> looking forward to that. On the site, one can view all the colorful collections from Bhutan, Colombia, Ecuador, India, Mexico, the list goes on and they all beautifully represent where they were made and each have a story to tell. Will we be seeing bracelets from the Philippines soon? <laughs>
1: yes, yeah, so that's my uh, also one of my reasons for my trip here. So I'm out Yay! here visiting artisans and getting inspired by what's out here and ch- chatting with people. So. I have some ideas, so we'll see uh, what what happens in the next okay, few days. No spoilers, but <laughs> so, so definitely, yes, there will be something coming out. I'm not sure exactly when. I'd like to have something out by Mother's Day. We'll see what
0: happens. So <gasps> fantastic! That's awesome. Okay, great. I can't wait to see the Philippine tab on the website. <laughs> I'd like to ask, what lessons have you learned from years on the road visiting 104 countries? Are there any particular experiences that have moved you and continue to resurface? Um, in your memory to this day um yeah I mean I I love you know like it's
1: the people the experiences like the food um I think (laughs) food food scenery hikes nature um just kind of understanding kind of like where other people are coming from and um yeah I think it's it's we're all like interconnected I think like you know it's it's so wonderful to kind of um also you know travel with friends and people and meet people like in each place and, and they become friends and over time you know it's it's, it's and you stay in touch yeah and you stay in touch oh. and then they become part of the loveless project <laughs> so that's so great um no I, I i think gosh the place i mean i think bali was really memorable for me i went there for the first time in 2001 i've con- gone back multiple times and i ended up moving there so that place for me like is really special. It's like magic and I really am really happy there. So I think that is probably one of the most like powerful places I think has inspired me. Um, I also think Kenya as well. I also spent some time there and um so I feel also pretty connected there
0: too. So um, gosh, I don't know yeah <laughs> i'm pretty biased because i love bali so much yep. and i agree and yep. i was just telling my friends the minute you land at the airport you kind of feel i don't know there's just this welcoming energy whether you're and a the surfer smells in the yeah.
1: air like there's like there's a definitely yeah. like a um,
0: there's something there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so do you have any travel tips to share, such as time management when traveling? Or are you the kind that has to plan ahead? Or do you play it by ear when you land in a new place? Um,
1: it' A little mix of both. It depends on where I'm going, if I know people there or I don't. Um, so yeah, I try to plan certain stuff out. So I have an idea of like what I need to get done. But like, I leave things open, and I can be able to change certain things. if so, like, oh, you know, if I realize I'm like, oh, we don't really need to be doing this, or we should be focusing more on this. And Trying to like, yeah, like just prioritize what needs to get done. And then also like managing still everything that's going on in the States, like with my freelancers, my calls, like, you know, so I like when when I'm in Asia, I'm doing calls in the early morning or in the late evening and of taking other taking care of like other things
0: during the day like could you give us an example of what a day in the life of crazy lamb is like on the road <laughs> oh
1: gosh well, every day is different and you know every day is a rodeo um i don't know well yesterday was a really uh kind of a packed day like i i landed at 3:30 a.m i and i went to the directly to the hotel to shower and change and go to the acn tv interview. network interview mm-hmm um, at five in the morning, 530 in the morning, and then came back, had breakfast, Oh my um, took like an hour nap or so, and then went out to go visit, um, the artist, artisan group. I had visited my, my previous trip that, um, weaves with pineapple fiber into silk, which is beautiful. So, so, and then I met, I saw some of the, some other products they work with, with artisans in Palawan and hopefully planning a trip up there next time I get there here. And then, um. And then after that, we went to go uh, feeding uh, Metro Manila, um, Caressa's uh, organization, kids. yeah, with the kids and seeing so the work adorable. they're doing, it's amazing. And we uh, you know, passed out a bunch of love bracelets made in Bali. So paying it forward, Indonesia's paying it forward to the Philippines mm. here. <laughs> and um, and uh, yeah, so it was it was really, and the kids were so amazing. They were giving us like, you know, like handmade cards and like, and they're, uh, yeah, it's an amazing project, you know, feeding 600 kids. Inner city, you know, inner city uh, kids in uh, in a day, every day. Um, so and then after that, we we had dinner and I had the amazing meal at, at, at Caressa's home. So I mean, like that's
0: a, a travel. That's day. just one day. That's one day. That's, that's a travel for some day. people. That's like one week. So, <laughs> so. wow, energy, <laughs> more power to you. Mm-hmm. Do you have any advice for those who want to pursue a philanthropic business like yours, or for those who want to incorporate travel? Into what they do for a living.
1: Yeah, I think nowadays with technology, you can work from anywhere. I literally do, like my iPhone, like in the car, airports, and uh, so. I think with that flexibility, you know, people can, you know, whether you're a graphic designer, you're in web or tech, or you have your own e com business, um, you can do that. Uh, there's many people doing that nowadays, and I think there's hubs around the world now that you know, like whether it's in Bali or like Chiang Mai in Thailand or you know, KL or, 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 Portugal and Lisbon, um, Berlin. Um, there's lots of, I think, cu- countries that kind of f- help foster that type of lifestyle. So, um, I think it's just kind of taking that leap or like taking a vacation and like mm-hmm. checking out some of this stuff so you can be like, Oh wow, like they're doing it. And how, how can I do something like this? So, um, I think going forward, uh, more and more people
0: will be freelance and also doing their own, own, uh, own thing. I feel that, especially with technology, as you mentioned. Now, you know, they say we can be online all day, every day, and there's no excuse, right, to not be working. But in our previous podcast, we discussed kind of setting aside two hours before bedtime to remove all screens so you can kind of wind down to sleep especially for mm-hmm. people like myself who have insomnia that have a hard time do you practice anything like that or are you online 24 uh-huh. 7
1: yeah i'm ashamed i do not have that rule of before i sleep i <laughs> i work all this no i work i work in the evenings too sometimes but um i actually don't have a problem sleeping so oh, i sleep great. everywhere like in the car i'm like a, i'm like a cat like i'll pass out anywhere you that's know a so I can, so um <laughs> so i i don't but like there's times like when i'm now you know the busy season's off i'll you know take time where i'm not like with my phone like we're not checking out all the time and i'm you know playing tennis or doing yoga or like treating myself to a massage or something like that mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just not uh, on my phone so i just try to consciously make that effort not, not to be on it. And especially like maybe at, yeah, at dinners with friends, like, you know, not to be that person who has my phone out, you know, just be like I'm present at the conversation, not looking to be somewhere else and, and be present.
0: And really focus on your friends. Yeah, exactly. There. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, you, you work with different time zones, so that's really understandable, <laughs> but I'm glad you have this like treat yourself break. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, German theologian Albert Schweitzer once said, at times our own light goes out and is rekindled by a spark from another person. Each of us has cause to think with deep gratitude of those who have lit the flame within us. Now you have a gratitude book on the Love Is website, the section where you thank artisans from all over the globe in their own native language, along with messages from supporters from those areas we absolutely love this concept, which shows the Lovest Project pays it forward, not only, you know, financially, but also like with a different kind of emotional support. How did you come up with the idea of the gratitude book? And did you ever consider possibly turning it into a hardbound coffee table book? Because we would buy it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, thanks. Um, well, um, yeah, like I just felt like, you know, the whole idea is like, for all these artisans around the world to know they're bigger they're part of a bigger project you know it's not just like this bracelet you're making like it should be like oh here's you know in kenya like this is what you're making here but this is what they're making in bali by moms just like you but in a different part of the world you know and to show that show the photos from the these books to each each country we're at so they understand what the project's about and then the thank yous like being read to them in their own language so they understand that like people love what they're making and what they're doing and they're appreciated so i think that's always important to feel like appreciated and like and um and that's what the gratitude book is about and i think and then to tell the the bigger story and and um going to what you were mentioning about a book we're actually in the process of creating um an actual book (gasps) for of the lovest project but like of profiles around the world from my tra- original travels and all the uh, photographer collaborators since then in each country and the photos in each place and like and doing a crowdfunding um indigo uh indigo crowdfunding perhaps uh, in in june or july this year so um That's which so will exciting. probably include some of the uh gratitude uh, uh excerpts in there too um so yeah we're excited to to do that and I think hopefully some of the profits from the book can help find new projects too and you know maybe it's a fun thing we sell like we can sell at airports too like with the bracelet so then people can go do this on their own you know if they want to
0: you know and like more go great to- gift ideas yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow books coming soon okay mm-hmm. that's really exciting something to add to our grounded library hi Marika <laughs> yeah she's like thumbs up what is the most creative post that comes to mind from a Lovest Project supporter that you've seen online, like top of your head? Uh, like a, a social media post from someone? Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. Hmm.
1: So many. I mean, I think it's it's always cool to see what pops up and like what location. And, you know, like I think what I love too, is like, you know, people love their pets so much, you know, oh. and like I can see, I I really love some of their the pet posts that people show and like all their, you know, like why, you know, Why fluffy is? (laughs) Are they just cats
0: and dogs, or do they try to put the collar and like any other? No, just mainly just (laughs) their pets actually.
1: But I I I (laughs) always seem to like kind of respond to really like love seeing the
0: the the pet and pet photos. Oh, that's so cute! And what is what to you is love, and what's your favorite definition that you've encountered so far?
1: Yeah, um, yeah, I get asked this question a lot. I mean, I think I'm sure. no, and it's. valid um i you know one of the first definitions on my trip was a girl from northern siberia and that was kind of one of the inspirations behind the project and she said love is proportional to your will and i really love that it's like the stronger your will the bigger your love and like the love is project is true testament to that how big love can be um and i think you know, I I think love is self love. It's like you have to learn how to love yourself so you can before you can take care of others.
0: Amen, sister. <laughs> yes,
1: I think you know love is is acceptance. I also think love is paying it forward. You know what we're doing is sharing. And it's uh, caring. It's trying to you know s- spread love and 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 give without having to feel like you you need to have some get you know get something in return. Um, and
0: I think it's spreading joy. You know, that's so great and. So love is proportional to your will kind of ties in with what you said. Love is hard work Mm -hmm. work, and you got to keep going and keep spreading the love. Also wanted to greet you. Happy Women's Month. I read the blog on the important women in your life. It was really touching and inspiring because I can relate. I come from a family of like really strong, hardworking women. And my grandmother who recently passed kind of reminded me of your grandmother who would, you know, prepare food every day for carpool Mm -hmm. and things like that. What unifying characteristics or traits do you deem universal from all the amazing women you've met on your travels? Resilience. I think perseverance. I think
1: also, you know, like their priorities, you know, are their families. I think that, and that's that's definitely
0: something that runs through everything. No matter where you go. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Great. And also in your blog post on the women in your life, you ended with saying, I asked my mother recently what she hoped and dreamed for me, and she answered, live free like a bird. As I travel to my 105th country, as I seek partnerships with talented women around the world, as I watch my business grow in ways I never thought possible, I answered, I am. What do you hope and dream for the women of today and the women of the future? I hope that they have
1: have opportunities like I have, you know, like, you know, as a first generation American, I'm so lucky that I had opportunities to do so much. And again, it was because of my grandmother, you know, like all of their kind of work and hard work and, and my mother's and stuff that I am able to do this and help be able to help so many other women, you know, and like, and we, so it's like kind of really amazing to see that, see like, oh, wow, like you, you know, you can help you never know who you're going to be helping and that they're going to be helping all these other people later, you know? So I think, you know, um, to to just be able to kind of like keep on, you know, just put that, put that in perspective, you know, like all the people you can help, you don't know, like even if one never or two known. people like can do so much more and then you're like, oh my gosh, this is amazing, you know, take, take it to the next level, you know? So yeah, yeah it's so. opportunity, it's like being, you know in a born in a country or where you know like we can s- free press we can speak our mind we can have jobs we can you know create our own destiny um Get good education or, yeah and- exactly like and because um, it's yeah like uh, we're very very lucky
0: <laughs> so yeah well we hope and dream for a world like that too where it's equal across yeah. all countries and okay last two questions how can our listeners get involved with the Lovis Project? Um, well, yeah, like
1: being part of the Lovis Project, you, you know, you just um, you check out our website, you know, if there's a bracelet you like or that kind of speaks to you, you, could all, you know, can order it. We will hopefully be selling soon here in the Philippines too. But, um, you know, they make great gifts and stuff. And I think also um, it's like sharing what love means to you uh, with the hashtag Lovis Project and, um, you know, maybe even sharing it with someone else or a gift, you know, um, and they, sh- they share what love means. And, um, the whole idea is like the whole sharing idea of it. Um, that's how to spread it. And, and then, you know, if there's great organizations or artists and groups, uh, you know of or other people do. Uh, we love to hear about that. So, like you know, to keep in mind for if we expand to other countries or in certain countries, to where to expand to. Um, and uh, yes, and and we love to hear more about opportunities to like partner with uh, nonprofits or you know help fundraise through customized bracelets like with their words or different things like that. So um, yeah, we're we're
0: yeah. Okay, so you guys got that. <laughs> <laughs> and last but not the least, how do you stay grounded? Um, I think, you know, for me, I,
1: you know, I try to get my exercise and yoga in. And I, w- when I go back to Bali, that's when I'm like really grounding, like back in nature and kind of in my, uh, space and stuff. So I think that's, that's how I, um, stay grounded. But during the day to day, like, um, I don't know, just like having a good meal with some friends, laughing, catching up and like, um, yeah, not, not taking life too seriously. I think, you know, there's always something funny. You can, (laughs) you can look at things or or, or being irreverent (laughs) kind of irreverent. Yeah. So,
0: yeah. Wow. Well, thank you so much for taking time to talk to us at the grounded podcast, Chrissy more power to you again on everything, safe travels around the world. We look forward to having you back soon and to seeing the Philippine collaboration with The Love Is Project. Thank you so much. Thanks so much.